So, Richard, are you actually telling me that five first-time buyers are keeping the local property market afloat? So here we are. Now we're at a stage where everything's completely in its head, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So we're now saying to each other that five first-time buyers, uh, first-time buyers in general, are actually keeping the local property markets afloat. Um, how much uh, credence is in that statement? So let's look at it. Let's actually yeah. dive down into this. The five house market is relatively, relatively buoyant just now, uh, thanks to an unexpected group of people. Hurrah! Get the flags out, celebrate. You know, five first time buyers are here to stay. Uh, I mean, many five tenants are annoyed with competing for five rental properties at high rents. You know that yourself, Richard. Yeah, there's a lot of competition and a lot of demand. Therefore, over the last 12 months, many renters have been stretching their finance to get onto the actual housing ladder um, despite sky high mortgage rates. Now, let's put that into perspective. Mortgage rates are still very affordable in comparison to what it was in the credit crunch. Uh, however, there's more inventive ways as well, actually, for the uh, lenders to, to make your monthly cost a lot less than what it is. Um, and, you know, that's a different prospect. And, and yeah. please speak to a mortgage consultant for that reason. Uh, but let's use some of the data then to look at this overall. Uh, let's look at the Office of National Statistics, put my teeth back in, uh, yeah. Land Registry and the Bank of England together. And of the 5,565 properties bought in the last 12 months in the Fife area, 1,508 were bought by first-time buyers. Let me get my calculator out and do a quick calculation of that. And that is literally 27% of yeah. people are now buyers, are now first-time buyers. That's an amazing start. Yeah, that's quite interesting. So that's that's Fife as a whole. Um, yeah. Then what about that regionally? Obviously, like, when you break that I down in the area. I knew you were going to see that. And <laughs> As if by magic, I prepared yeah. something earlier. <laughs> um, so let's look at Cooper in isolation. This is KY14, yeah. KY15, which is the Cooper area. Um, mm -hmm. So 520 were actually bought last year in that area. Um, and 141 um, were actually um, first-time buyers. Yeah. 27%. And um, the East Newk area, 301 properties were actually bought last year. Um, and 81 of these were actually... First-time buyers, twenty-seven percent. Okay, um, Glenrothes area, five hundred and sixty-nine um, were actually bought last year, and that's the KY six and KY seven. Now East Newt was KY nine, KY ten. Um, yeah. Glenrothes KY six, KY seven. So out of uh, five hundred and sixty-nine, uh, a hundred and fifty-four were actually first-time buyers. Mm -hmm. Oh, twenty-seven percent. Uh, this is going to be right across the board, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I may as well just put my calculator down, but I love my calculator. Yeah. Here's a typical, here's a typical accountant for you. Um, so, and uh, the Liebenmouth area, 475 were bought last year, 129 were actually first-time buyers. 
Um, so uh, divided by that is uh, oh just over twenty percent, twenty point twenty seven point no twenty seven point five percent. Sorry. Uh, let's look at St Andrews though. Uh, 387 sold in St Andrews area, which is KY16. Remember, uh, KY8 is the lead mouth area, KY16 yep. St Andrews. Uh, so 387 bought in total um, last year, in the last 12 months. 104 were first-time buyers. Uh, and there's going to be no surprise here when I say, oh, look, it's 27. Um, yeah, 26.8. That accounts for the yeah. difference between lead and We'll just call it leave mouth because it's you know it's leader leave mouth. It's no leaving because yeah. leave mouth incorporates KY eight, which is uh, London Links, which is which is KY eight six. Um, you bought Caden, which is KY eight one and two. Um, Metal Metal Hill, which is KY eight three. Leave mouth, which is KY eight four and KY eight five. Um, and it's entirety. So uh, I mean, really, with just under one in three house purchases um, made by first time buyers in the last two months, about one four one in three. Um, it might surprise you that many, to many, that this has been steadily growing since 2010, um, when only one in five house purchases were made by first-time buyers. Makes it really accessible now, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is that? You know, what do you think's caused that, Richard? Is that just availability mortgages and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, first-time buyers have remained the most resilient group of uh, property buyers, and even during. Um, these kind of difficult times and that. Usually first-time buyers uh, would be the most affected in times of stress in the property market. Um, like in the last two years, uh, previously when markets could have crashed like 1998, uh, however, this time it's a bit different. Yeah. Uh, despite obviously increasing mortgage rates and things, the rental market um, and its high rents are making buying a more attractive option for many five renters. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it does make it more more of an attractive option. So it's a combination of interest rates still affordable. I mean, we've done we've done yeah. analysis that there's still a boom market in property prices up to 250,000. There's still yeah. more demand than there is supply up to 250,000. 250,000 to 350,000, um, there's the same supply and demand in the Fife area. And 350,000 and upwards, uh, there's more supply coming on than there is actually demand for these types of properties at that price point. Mm-hmm. Now, incidentally, three hundred fifty thousand could be a five-bedroom, six-bedroom luxury villa in Leven, but three hundred fifty thousand yeah. in St Andrews is basically a two-bedroom bungalow. Two-bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it kind of let's put that into perspective, you know. So there's averages right throughout the area in terms of where it is, but uh, with the boots on the ground, and you know, the very facts are, and these are the facts, is the first-time buyers represent twenty-seven percent of that buying power now, which is which is coming up for about one in three, which is thirty-three percent almost. And um, so. So that then tells me, and what you said there, as rents are actually moving up uh, quite substantially in the areas. Yeah. Um, have you got any figures on, on the rents right across Fife and probably in the region? Yeah, so, so let's look at the rents and the, the average increase in rents. And we'll compare it, I mean, like quarter one of 2021 um, mm-hmm. for Fife as a whole. I, now, when we say about Fife, that's KY1 through KY12 and also KY14, 15 and 16. Like you, yeah. you're, now, the average rent in Fife area was... £739 per calendar month. Now, the five rental market has experienced increasing rents. That's a rents. big number, Richard, yeah. 739 Well, that's, how, that's mean, what it was. That's, I know. That's what it was in but, 2021. But this is what I don't understand. It's like, who's renting these properties? Because I'm no renting. I mean, I've been in this for 30 years. And these £739 per calendar month is a big, big number. 
Uh, you think that's been skewed quite... Oh, well, look, let's look at the numbers. You'll know it's been skewed yeah. by things like the East Nuke, about St Andrews, and overall, really, it's uh, there's a lot less in other areas, um, like yeah. maybe the Leadmouth area, or possibly the Glenorthos area, than that figure right now. So go and tell me what the rental market is now, and see if you can break it down for me as well. Yeah. So as I was saying, that's what when we talk about stats like this, when we talk about Fife as a whole, you need to be aware that we're, we're, we're taking in consideration, like I say, KY1 right through to KY12, 14, 15 and 16. And that includes... Why is KY13 no, no in there? Because it's Kinross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bizarre yes, but, thing, eh? Yeah, when we talk about Fife, though, it obviously includes St Andrews and East Newcombe things, and the, when they bring that together. So let's look, the Fife area, um, the rental market has experienced increasing rents in the last two years. And that's where mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about quarter one in 2021 to quarter one, which is the start of this year in 2023. Now, okay. for life as a whole, the rent has the rents have increased from £739 to £799 a month to the first quarter of this year. Now, that's an increase of 8.1% in two years. All right? That's, I tell you what, that's no bad. Inflation is running in the last two years about, what, about maybe about 15%? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or about over the last two years, inflation. So yeah. we're saying, uh, wait a minute, this flies in the face of the Scottish government's figures, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, this is lies, damn lies, and statistics <laughs> for the Scottish government. This is because because Fife, in essence, over the last two years has only gone up eight point one percent in yeah. terms of the in terms of the market rent. Yeah, so let's let's break it down then into the different areas of Fife. Okay. Um, so just to be clear, we're comparing quarter one of 2021 to quarter one of 2023, which is this year, obviously. So that's okay. a two-year period and the difference between them. Now, we'll start leaving mouth area, which is the KY8. Mm -hmm. That's everything that's in KY8, like you see, Jim, London Links, Metho Hill, Metho and things as well. The rent in quarter one of 2021 was £480. That was the average rent. Now, mm -hmm. the first quarter of this year, it's up to 596 Now, that's an wow. increase in rent. Of 24.2 percent all right so that's the ky leave a mouth area you think, the that was, you think that was maybe just a long time coming that rent increase because i mean I when you when you've looked at two years ago 480 quid for the average rent it's like well, that was literally mine about 15 yeah. years ago <laughs> so yeah, in, in the last 15 years the average rent two years ago hasn't really moved up at all really and it's only in this last two years we've had a boom in the rental the rental values but but admittedly, since the credit crunch, since about well, 2003, in the last 20 years, salaries have doubled. Yeah. So salaries have doubled, but rents have only have gone up significantly less. Mm -hmm. And yet we've still got a government that says to us that rents are out of control. But there's something wrong there. Something no, right I think if you break it down, I don't think that they're out of control. Rents have, of, of course, they've increased in area and across areas and certain areas more than others. But yeah. as you see, Jim, if we look at the KY8 leave mouth area, two years ago we were £480. Now we're sitting at £596 on average. Okay. Um, KY6, KY7. Mm -hmm. Quarter on in 2021, the average rent was £556. It's went up to 667 so it's increased 19.9%, which is just around about 20%. The Cooper okay. area was £648, and it's increased uh, in the first quarter of this year to £811, which is 25.1%. Yeah. Yeah. The East Newk area, 
was £687. Now, that has increased to £798 in the first quarter of this year, which is 14.5%, which is a little bit lower than what I thought. I mean, that, and, and in comparison to other areas. Now, St Andrews has started at £1,227. That was in the first quarter of 2021. And in comparison to yeah. two years yeah. the quarter of this year, it's increased to £1,443. Now, that's an increase of 17.6%. Wow, that's a huge number. I mean, percentage-wise, you can say that's huge numbers, but when you actually put in pounds, billings, shillings and pence, the St Andrews is significantly more, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, you're a few hundred pounds more, which is quite a good, a, a, a considerable jump. This is actually quite an interesting one. Um, yeah. So according to according to the Bank of England, um, if I look at where we are now to where we were before, um, they're saying, and and I, and I'll be honest about this, the inflationary aspect, they say that six six four eight you said for Cooper, eh, um, should really only be four uh, seven four eight. Yeah. So it should only be 748 according to the Bank of England. Uh, now, the reason that I know that is because I'm on their calculator right now for inflation. Yeah. So 748 uh, minus uh, 648 uh, equals £100 divided by 648. So effectively, the Bank of England, inflation's gone up 15.4%, which is portable, is it? portable more or less said. Eh? Yeah. In the last two years, inflation right, right now from 2021 to now has gone up by 15.4%. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, any other area? You said East Nuke, eh? Yeah, East Nuke, it was 697. East Nuke is really under the inflation. Yes, it is. And Glen Office is a wee bit above it. St Andrews is a wee bit above it. A wee bit above it. Uh, way above it, and so is Cooper. Yep. Yes. So, so these are two, these what's, are two what's, driving what's driving these figures, then? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's multiple reasons why rents uh, are rising, and... One reason includes um, mortgage rates, as we, we discussed there, and yep. these increase in mortgage rates and things that landlords or investors are experiencing are passed on to mm-hmm. the tenant and increased rents. And obviously, they're having to put their rents up due to the, obviously their, their, their increased costs um, yep. for the mortgage side of things. I mean, some five landlords and things with high percentage mortgages are, are selling their buy-to-let pro- uh, properties and portfolios because Section 24 taxation rules and changes um, and leaving the market entirely. And we've seen that over the, the last year. And, and Yield, the yield just doesn't make it practical anymore for yeah. anybody. And, and you've, you've got to understand if if, I'll, if, if a, a, an investor, just look at, just let's call it an investor and let's not yeah. call it a landlord because it's quite an emotive uh, word for most people. It's like saying mm-hmm. to somebody about independence and then boom, yeah. it's like, I'm vegan, boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. as soon as you mention independence is vegan or private landlords, they're almost like the same emotive response from different different groups of people. Um, so let's call it investors. So if an investor was coming along and looking at uh, their money in the bank, which is effectively a property, and thinking, can I get a decent return on that? And can I actually give them a good return? Uh, the property prices are actually getting to a point where the return that's available now, because it's been restricted by the Scottish government and putting the rent cap in place, isn't is no longer an attractive return to keep somebody in that market. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. a fair statement? Yeah, I would say that as a fair statement, and and yeah. and I've seen quite a lot of it recently, and it does happen. And there's also there's another another reason is that there's fewer landlords, there's fewer investors um, who are buying rental properties to let out and building portfolios and things. There's there's not as much uh, out there that are buying, and 
I think well, there's only around about one in eight house purchases made by I had, investors. I had a story to tell you right now. I got a call from a, a landlord yesterday, actually, and he was about yeah. to rent his house, uh, one of his flats, and he said, look, Jim, he says, I've had to think about it. I'm just going to sell it. He says, I, I just looked at it, and he says, I put carpets down, I painted it and everything like that, and I said, and he says, he doesn't want to take the risk of having the tenant move in again and having to do it all over again. He says he's had enough. He's at the end of his tether. Um, he's paying 41% on all his income. So he's paying 41% on all his income. And it's primarily because Section 24, and he's got the mortgages all in his name, um, even though he's a window cleaner, he has to pay 41% tax on everything he does is cleaning windows. So if he goes out and cleans a window um, and it costs he charges one pound for cleaning that window, he literally gets left with 59 pence of that. Mm-hmm. That's no right, is it? No. And, and it's only because... He has all the mortgages in his name. name primarily in the beginning, and Section 24 has, has nailed him for it. It puts yeah. him at a higher rate straight away. And a lot of people don't understand what Section 24 is actually doing to the market. One in four landlords are affected like this, where they could be earning, they could be just a basic rate payer overall, yeah. but because they've got a portfolio of properties and interest is only deducted as a tax credit now rather than actually against the it's income, them into that different then it's pushing them into a higher rate bracket, and every pound they earn from being a window cleaner, from being a home cleaner, from being a, um, a, a teacher or, or doctor or accountant or estate agent or letting agent, any pound that they earn will be taxed at the, the highest rate, which is, well, 41% at this point in time. Um, so that's why it's making it prohibitive for these people. And that's why he's decided, I've just had enough. I'm going to sell them off. And that's he's gone. He's gone. He's he's exit, and he's he's getting rid of thirty of them, and now he's getting rid of this one, and he's getting rid of another two. So um, no one's replacing them, by the way. So where is that going to leave us? Uh, Maybe we should phone Patrick Harvey. Yeah, but we're losing them for the sector. Losing them. Hello, Patrick. Patrick. Ah, see, no answer. eh? Just like just like the Green Party. Losing them to the market, thus leaving leaving tenants without uh, housing in the private sector. And as I said, obviously there's few investors and things picking up properties for buy-to-let investment. And I think there's only around about one in eight house purchases that are being made by landlord investors. And meanwhile, demand for five rentals and things is still really high. We are inundated with people. Um, and demand just continues to outpace supply. So it means that people that are looking to rent in Fife are forced to maybe accept higher rental prices or offer more than what they're, they're, they're actually on the asking price for, just trying to secure tenancies because there's so few properties and they're, they're pitched against each other. Do you, know the, do you know the people I feel most for is the vulnerable? Yeah. And what I mean by the vulnerable is people on universal credit. They don't um, have the ability to go that higher. They don't, they don't have the ability to go that high because the universal credit rates have been frozen for the last three years. Um, they've changed the calculation from being the average to only a 30% tile. In other words, if the average rent in the private market was £100, the government was saying, well, we'll pay £50. But now we've changed their mind. We're only paying £30 towards that. And by the way, we're going to freeze that for the next three years. So as rental prices go up for all the private market, the social market, which is the universal credit market, local housing lines market, cannot keep up with that so they have nowhere to go they can't they don't they don't have a choice anymore uh, mm-hmm. unless they put money in their own pocket but they could barely feed themselves and heat themselves at this point in time so how are they able to do that 
I, and, yeah, and they're not. They're not. I think you've just hit the nail on the head. That's really no, in, a, in a nutshell. I could have given a long-winded comment there, but but really, in, in reality, no, no, no. That's the short answer. You're absolutely right, Richard. I, I think it really is. Forget it, Jim. Just come straight to the point. Like what you said, they're not going to be able to afford it. So the most vulnerable in the society are actually suffering as a result of the green policies um, that are be, being put in place about rent caps and monitorings and evictions. And I've seen a lot of tenants over the last uh, year or two years even become frustrated because they're priced right out that end of the market. And even properties that are maybe at the, the slightly lower end of the market that was affordable for people in that situation were being picked up by people who were uh, had really good incomes and things because there was such a shortage in property. And also tenants and things looking in Fife were offering to pay up to like six months up front. No, no qualms, no qualms at all. You're six months up front. And then as well, you've negotiating position, but then yeah. it, would, it would leave other people just totally um, without a choice, but to move on to try and looking for something else. But then you've got the most vulnerable in the society actually saying, well, we can't afford it, so we've not got anywhere to go. And then that's where the, the landlord that, now this is few and far between, by the way, but the landlord that maybe doesn't spend as much on the property, maybe doesn't reinvest a lot in the property, but it's still legally compliant. But it's not as not nice standards, inside. Not yeah, you know, standards. it's not as nice inside in terms of the standards. They've maybe still got the single glazing rather than double glazing in. They've maybe still got the old heating system in. See where that's going. The old yeah. heating system instead of the newer condenser boilers. Uh, and it's not their fault. It's the fact that they don't have enough money to reinvest in the property now because there's not the right return on the property. So therefore, then the tenant suffers again by the fact that they, they can't, can't afford, afford to heat the property. Yeah. yeah because they've got single glazing now, they've got an inefficient heating system, and that's really not the landlord's fault, because that's driven by the fact that the landlord can only invest in what they can actually make on the property in order to get an adequate return and reinvest it back into the property. You have to make a profit out there. You have to. For anybody out there that says, all oh, these people that make a profit from property, you're demons, and it's all the rest of it, and you're vilified, and it's like... You don't understand. Every business has to make a profit. And this is a business. We're renting a property at a fair value for a fair return, for a fair service and a fair product. That's what it is. And and yeah. these are the market rents. This is how it's driven. And, uh, and, and if you don't like that, I will love the day it arrives where I am no longer needed to rent property to anyone because it means I can sell everything off and the government is looking after all the people that I'm looking after right now on social rents, on housing benefit, on universal credit, and and people that genuinely can't afford to buy a house because they don't they don't have the credit rating to get the funding from the bank to get a house, so they have to rent whether they like it or not. So I would love the day when that comes, where the government says you're no longer required because we've got all the property available for these people now. Um, and hallelujah, that's what I, that's, that's what I, 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 that's what I'm looking forward to. That's not going to happen. Unfortunately, not in, not, not in your lifetime or mine, maybe. Well, it could happen with the right people. I've well, always the right said people, it potentially could, but the right people, the right motivation, the right the right way of thinking. Um, they keep saying we can't afford to build because it's too costly. Whereas I say you can't afford not to build because guess what? It's too costly. Yeah. Because it'll cost you more in the medium to long term by not building affordable and social housing than it will actually in the short term by actually not building at all. Yeah. You're not saving any money. You're losing money. 
They don't get it. It's the opportunity cost. Yeah, the cost definitely. Of not building, before, Jim, yeah. The cost of not building is far greater than than the cost of building. Because if you if you're building, then you're renting to people who are on benefits who then get the universal credit from the government and then the money goes back to the councils yeah. to keep the stock in check. Whereas right now it goes to the private landlord. So it's money, it's money just given away. Effectively, they could have got back. It doesn't yeah, make sense. And then if you're if you're if you're if you're not building, uh, if you're not building, then that's what's happening. The money's just going to somewhere else. Whereas you could keep it in house, you can look after your own stock. But again, it comes down to the people looking after the stock as well. Anyway, yeah. let's let's digress. Yeah, right, I mean, I'll just payments for offering space six and twelve months, as you said, to strengthen their position. The situation yeah, no, many no. five renters move forward plans to buy a home for themselves despite the increasing cost of home ownership. But what so, about the deposit? Then? But then, yeah, I was going to say, but then they need a deposit. So, so what about Bank the mum and dad? I was just going to say, Jim. Bank mum and dad. And that's where a lot of people are having to go. And and some people out there that says, I can't afford the house. It's no fair that Bank mum and dad can pay for your house. Uh, well, unfortunately, Bank mum and dad made an effort and actually put money aside to be able to pay for their house. Because yeah. they, they foresee it coming, so they made the sacrifices in order to allow that to happen. Banca mum and dad decided to sell their bigger house and move into a smaller house so they could release money in order to pay for the deposit for their children. The next generation is going to be wealthy, is well more wealthier than ever because of Banca mum and dad right now. Um, mm -hmm. And the accumulation of wealth that they've got um, is going to be the biggest transfer of wealth ever in a generation. And that's just going to excite the market yeah. even more, isn't it? Well, I was just going to say that'll be that'll be um, that'll be a busy time. <laughs> so, bank of mum and dad, no doubt about helping first-time buyers with their deposits. The average national deposit, the national average deposit paid by first-time buyers, was just over sixty-three thousand in January twenty twenty-three, which is about twenty-three percent of the purchase price. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon we didn't get sixty-three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, it wasn't that far off. And it's so uh, but mum and dad, admittedly, um, so I put forty thousand towards Tony's purchase, yeah. and Tony got a ninety grand mortgage, hundred and twenty-five. So she probably put thirty in, so forty and thirty, seventy. Yeah, around about that. That's about still that same yeah. figure. Uh, lowest rate for the two-year fixed rate first-time mortgage, first-time buyer mortgage uh, is with a twenty-three percent deposit. Is um, this is actually quite interesting because this twenty-three percent deposit. Let's look at it. What is yeah. the lowest mortgage rate you can get then with that twenty-three percent deposit down? Well, there's a two-year fixed first fixed rate first-time buyer mortgage um, mm -hmm. at four point one three percent, up from two point eight six percent a year ago. Okay. 4.13 is still pretty good. Yeah, I thought we were maybe a bit higher than that at the moment, but that's... They've started to come down, um, yeah. even though there's they're factoring a base rate increase mm -hmm. on the 11th of May. I think it's the 11th, don't quote me on it. So 11th of May, we're reckoning base rates will probably go up to 4.5%, um, but um, people like Nationwide, uh, Lloyds, I think, um, uh, HSBC, they're, all, they're bringing the rates down by probably about 0.15%. It's no, it's no an earth shatterer. However, base rates are predicted to go up, and they're still bringing them down. Yeah. So that's so, actually really good. So, what ways could, like, if first-time buyers and things, Jim, what ways could they maybe reduce their their monthly payments to their mortgage? 
So that, that's a good question. How can first time first how can first time five first time buyers reduce their monthly payments? Well, they can actually do it by increasing the length of their mortgage. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Yeah. Now I did this in the very early days when I first started out, and I was that's really struggling for cash every single month. When I was struggling for cash every single month as a student, as you do, um, and we were pushing out because Elaine's Elaine's was the only wage coming in. I was actually looking back at that wage over now, and it was like thirteen thousand pound at Diageo. So she had thirteen grand coming in, um, and I had basically nothing because I had to pay for all my student stuff myself. Yeah, um, that's how the government system worked at that time. Um, so we uh, decided uh, to increase the mortgage length in the term because if you're on a, a capital repayment, the interest won't reduce every single month. Well, well, when you pay the capital off. But the capital is a big amount because the capital has to be paid down by the end of the term. So if you move the term out longer, the capital can be paid over a longer term, therefore reduce the monthly payment. Um, and, and, and a classic example of that is uh, increasing your mortgage term from 25 to 30 years, you will save £45 per month in mortgage payments for every 100000 borrowed. That's okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. So if somebody's got a £300,000 house, they're effectively going to be saving um, £135 a month just by putting it from 25 to 30 years. Now, you're going to be saving that in your monthly payment, remember, but you've got to see the overall picture if you want, and it's it's a choice, really. You'll pay more in the long run by increasing the term because yeah. you're, you'll take longer to pay off the capital element, therefore the interest charged on it will be a lot more, therefore you're going to go five years extra of uh, additional interest as well on top of that. So increasing the term is going to do that now for me personally when when we were in our, our position we it was cash was the more most important thing because i was studying to be an accountant i didn't realize i was studying to be an accountant at that time i just thought i'm going to do business and computer studies see how we get on mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden i excelled in well i excelled in everything <laughs> i excelled in computer studies i excelled in business studies and i excelled in accountancy so i applied for three hnds and I got accepted to all of them. And then I went, I'm going to specialise in accountancy. Because that seemed to be the thing that really floated my boat quite a lot. Um, so accountancy- but then that, that facilitated you to do that. And I think it's important to remember that if you're if you're in that maybe that kind of position, in the early stages, you, you could have your mortgage like that to alleviate some cash and help you live. And then change that when you remortgage. Hit the nail yeah. on the head. That's exactly what I did. It was to alleviate the cash flow position at that point in time. Because I knew later on I was going to end up getting a job as an accountant who would be significantly more money. Well, as I th- what I thought was significantly more money. But apparently <laughs> training accountants don't get paid that much because they're treated like interns. Um, in other words, we'll give you a basic amount and we'll train you as your luxury. So the, the, that was that that time. You know, I remember going into Carter's and, and Hamish said to me, what do you expect? And I went, oh, probably about eight and a half because I was getting paid at eight at um, Standard Life. And he went, oh. He says, oh, we, we usually pay about 6000 <laughs> It's like, I'm going to be working here then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally what it was at the time. Um, so that, that shows a big difference. And then, then, then I got industry. Industry was fantastic because it was manufacturing. And manufacturing was a lot more advantageous. And it gave you a lot more. It opened a lot more doors. And it, it really began to float my boat. And thank God. Take my heart off to Hamish if he's still going. Thank God you refused me and never gave me the job. Well, hey, <laughs> or I might be an accountant still. Um, yeah. uh, and I might not be doing what I love the most. Yeah, but I mean, so 
when we look at when we talk about first-time buyers and obviously extending the um, mortgage term and things, I think it's about around about 11 uh, out of 20 first-time buyers are taking out mortgages now for 30 years or more. Now that's the highest level since around about I think records began in 2005. But mm. what about people that have got a lower deposit? Okay. So I was reading something the other day about Money Facts uh, yeah. on their website, on Money Facts website. Uh, the number of available 95% mortgage deals has risen from the early 160s mm-hmm. and early March to nearly 210 last week. So there's more first-time buyer mortgages available. You have to remember, Richard, um, it's the highest level since September 2022, showing that banks are not worried about the property price crash. Um, moreover, the Coventry and nationwide building sites have reduced their mortgage rates, as I said. You yeah. know, on a on a low deposit of you know on a on a low deposit, uh, ninety to ninety five percent mortgages over the past few weeks. You know, so you don't hardly have you only need ten or five percent deposit, and they've actually reduced their rates. Yeah. Their average two year fixed rate ninety five percent mortgage is five point six four percent, and the best rate is four point nine percent. That's quite good for that for for having the ninety five percent. Basically, it's predicted to go up to 4.5. Here's the margin in this. You have to realise, though, the mortgage market has been booming for the last three years. There's a huge amount of what we call fat in the system. In other words, there's a lot of people making money. There's a lot of people employed in this system, working and doing all these numbers. In order to sustain that, they have to keep selling mortgages and keep packaging mortgages. I don't really want to see the packaging mortgage because it's like it's like uh, it's like toxic debt. Um, I tell you what, it might be actually, um, because they're still doing that anyway. But that's another story. So they're having to keep selling products. So therefore, we having having to be more inventive in order in order and be more competitive against each other in order to stay in business in order to to, to stay with their workforce and stay self sustained. if you start having mass layoffs, you know what happens next. It's like when you need them all back next year because the tide's turned or, or whatever it's done, it's like you've got to get all these people back again. You've got to retrain, retrain them all because they've all gone yeah. and done something else. Look what happened to the pandemic, to the tourism industry. Everybody's disappeared and got jobs. And, and like the tourism industry and the restaurant industry have gone, I've got I've got nobody employed now. They're all yeah. doing something else and nobody wants to come back. Yeah, like like British Airways at Heathrow. God, that was chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that, that's the short-term thinking, and a lot of a lot of banks do not want to do that, and a lot of mortgage uh, yeah. companies don't want to do that either. Uh, this is this is actually quite interesting as well, though. Skipton Building Society uh, has even launched a structured product uh, for certain first-time buyers that will not need a five percent deposit if the buyer can prove their rental history. Uh, it's about time too, if you ask me. Yeah, I think that's all the same. You know, if people are paying the rent every single month, surely that's a great advocate for their credit rating, and and yeah. that should be reflected in their credit report. But it's not. It it's yeah. not. They don't. So Skipton's actually said that, and we've had this before because I remember they used to write to us way before, and they used to write to us and say, "Are their mortgage? Are their uh, rental payments up to date? Have they always paid on time? Have they ever had a problem?" No. Great stuff. We'll give them a mortgage. Yeah. So I've and seen I this before. It be. It's now come back, hasn't it? Yeah. So that's quite an interesting one. Um, I think I think as well what's helped is, is the government 
mortgage guarantee scheme. Um, yeah. I mean, that was extended in 2020 to 2023, uh, which partially ensures the bank build size on a default, so on their 95% mortgages. And it has been recognised for keeping some of these loan deposits available to first-time buyers. I think that's really that's key for, for first-time buyers that are maybe not in such a, um, a position where they've got quite a lot of available cash to put down on a deposit, that these loan mm. deposits and these, these kind of products are available to them and to keep this kind of them in place for, in order for people to get onto the ladder. And, and that is really important, I think, for me anyway. I think overall, uh, it's, it's quite, I'm quite optimistic about with, with the way things are going. I don't think, um, just to, just to finalise and conclude on this and, mm-hmm. and just wrap up here, I don't think, based on this information that we've just discussed, that there's anything severe or indicators that suggest that there's going to be any mass change and maybe rental values and also in uh, mortgage availability and also in uh, property availability as well. Especially the fact that now the now the investors have exited the bottom end of the market, usually by typical buy-to-lets. Now the first-time yeah. buyers have come along and started to buy these properties and actually propped it up. So it's now gone from where it, sometimes it's a mix of both. I would argue that, you know, well, the starts are there, one in eight yeah, landlords yeah. and, uh, and basically almost one in three um, are near enough as uh, as first-time buyers. So now it's changed. The, the tables have turned. It's now the equilibrium came along where investors supported it in the beginning and first-time buyers didn't. And then now it's got to the equilibrium where the balancing point comes and then it comes even Stevens. And then now it's switched to one to eight landlords and one to three um, to first-time buyers. So I do think this has probably got um, a long time to stay yeah, this is this is where I go back to saying we're running this right now on some of our articles. We're running some of the repurposed content, and I was saying the fast the fastest growing price market in terms of property prices is probably going to be the flats market mm-hmm. because yeah. they're, they're they're affordable to the the first time buyers, which is great for my valuations. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms yeah. of my rental stock, it's like well, hey, first time buyers keep buying. You know, you're just all you're doing is bolstering my price, which is absolutely fantastic because it allows me to leverage my position with the bank and get hundred percent funding. And then I can just go and buy more uh, portfolios. Um, So from a point of view for that, it's, you know, in self-interest, it's actually really good that first-time buyers are actually doing this. Uh, Thank you very much, first-time buyers. I doth my cap. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's a lot of interesting stats there with the first-time buyers. Obviously, I'm aware of how the trends with the rental values and things. But, yeah, some interesting facts there with the first-time buyers and quite a good uh, topic. Outlook for the property market? Sorry? Outlook for the property market then? Yeah, I think there's some interesting um, there's some interesting times ahead. I mean, the property market there is some uncertainties, but comparatively, there I, I, you can see obviously a soft landing still the most likely outcome. I don't think there's going to be anything drastic with yeah. first-time buyers fueling the market. There are some interesting times that lay ahead, but um, we will see what they are as we, as we progress. It's become very very stable um, after the calamity was the Liz Truss um, budget. Yeah. Yeah, That's, it's so become very very stable and, and it's like oh my god see when that happened I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to buy these portfolios because interest rates are just going sky high I was getting quoted um, 7% at one point in a fixed yeah, rate 5 year deal that, yeah. and now I'm back to 5.69 and yet the base rates have actually gone up so you see how the stability is it's essential in the in the uh, money markets yeah. in order to allow the, the natural flow or, or the easy flow of, of, of finance 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably that's probably key here. Uh, this goes back to the credit crunch, doesn't it? And the fact that it's called the credit crunch because it was lack of availability of finance that just drove that market because yeah. no one had money to buy, therefore property prices had to drop where it became affordable for people to go, I might be able to afford it for cash or I might be able to trade my property for the other one because the equity sounds fine now. Yeah. Um, so it's all recovered as a result of that. So happy days. Long may it continue and long may it rain. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Right. No, that was good, Jimmy. Thanks for that. Okay, bye-bye for now. See you later.